of it nearly went then. This is very precarious. <laughs> She's balanced on a bottle of wine. <laughs> and this is our very professional setup to record the potty. <laughs> the phone balanced on a bottle of wine. Hello! to Talk Birthy with us, the weekly podcast hosted by me, Ellie, and me, Louisa. As a reminder, we are birth and postnatal doulas, we are hypnobirthing teachers, birth trauma practitioners, and together we make New Birth Club. The best club in the world. The best club, the club that you want to be a part of. <laughs> and we're here to talk birthy with you. And in this week's episode, join Louisa and I as we talk birthy all about cesarean births. We talk about the differences between an unplanned caesarean and a planned caesarean, as well as emergency caesareans. We talk about the reasons why caesareans might be opted for or suggested by caregivers. And we talk about the importance of preparing a set of preferences for a caesarean scenario, even if that's not necessarily what you're planning from the outset. We also give loads and loads of incredible tools and ways to make your cesarean birth experience as personal and positive for you as possible. So you're definitely going to want to listen to this one and maybe make some notes. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at hello at newbirthclub.com. Settle in and come and talk birthy with us because it's going to be a good one. We just wanted to remind you that if you are liking what you're hearing on the potty, you can access our support in many different ways. One way is our individual pick and mix hypnobirthing workshops. Pick and mix hypnobirthing workshops? What's that? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. <laughs> what we have done is taken a full antenatal and hypnobirthing course, everything that you could possibly need to know about birth so that you can prepare confidently for it. We've taken it and we've deconstructed it into bite-sized chunks so that every parent can take control over what information they're consuming during their pregnancy and prepare in their way. I love that. Me too. And another way that you can access our support is through our doula services. My favourite service of all times is our most accessible doula package, which is our pocket doula support. Pocket doula, you say? What's that? Well, I'll tell you all about it. Um, it is our remote doula support that you can access from anywhere in the world, meaning that you can have uh, educational support, emotional support, as well as some practical support that we can guide you through. Essentially, it's your birth coach that you can access from your phone, email, Zoom, whatever device you decide to use. We are here for you along the, your journey and we may even be with you during your labour. Woohoo! To find out all about our workshops, our pocket doula services and all other support packages, you can head over to www.newbirthclub.com. Oh yeah! <laughs> Weekly catch-up Oh, um, I know very ex well not really exciting because I know exactly what we've got to talk about mm. because we've both been doing it and I literally thought I was going to uh, have a stroke mm. 
whilst doing said thing. Yeah. It's um, been a it's been a dreadful week here at the birth club, let's be honest. <laughs> a really bad week. <laughs> it's just too much. But we are, as you guys may or may not know, we are self-employed. Yeah. We're self-employed chicks. Hello to the self-employed peeps. We love you. And also, any tips on doing your bloody tax returns? Because it gets harder oh, every year. Literally, it makes me want to poke needles into my eyes. It's like, I know there are apps and stuff. I know there are, like, ways of being more, like, mm. organised throughout the year. But that's not me, honey. That's... <laughs> but also, like, if you are listening to this and you are part of, like, the team that sets up the school curriculum, curriculum, yeah can you just include that shit in there yeah, like right, yeah forget physics like we like we don't need unless you are going to go on to university to study physics just remove that yeah. just include a whole module on doing your effing tax return yeah because also you might be listening to this thinking well i'm employed so it doesn't apply to me well soon because <laughs> we all know everyone's selling on vintage yeah if you're making enough money on there you're gonna have to submit tax returns did you know that did, did you, you know, know that, that? <laughs> <laughs> um we've had loads of pool inquiries yes I oh my god we need to that. actually get back to that one person the uh, last minute <laughs> dot com, <laughs> last minute dot com. com. yeah um yeah who needs their pool like now really literally last week yeah, to be yeah. honest is when they would have needed it yeah but that's fine yeah it's okay we can do that but apart from that, we are back on call. Back on call, um, which is exciting. Very exciting. Waiting on two babies to make their appearance uh, yeah. when they're ready. When they're ready. We Not are much. off to London this weekend. We are off to London, meaning we've got our wonderful backup in place to give us that lovely time to be able to go and do that. The the movement, well, there are no movements <laughs> happening with babies at the moment because they just need a little bit more time to fully be get ready. ready. Which is fine, but we have got backup in place. We've got to go up to London for a night, a day, to meet Poppy. Yes. To um, talk about Pop That Fest. Yes. Which is happening next month, which is Roller Sartong. We looked at a train, didn't we? A bit out of our price range. And also, <laughs> you know, I yeah. I mean, it probably would... We're not... We're not... There's no frills really here. Like, <laughs> you just get on the bus. Also, oh, yeah. the bus was three quid. pounds. Like, honestly, Flixbus, if you're out there listening to shout out. with us, shout out to Flixbus. Respect. £3.99 with free Wi-Fi. We can even... With free Wi-Fi. free Wi-Fi. some free advertising again, Flixbus. If you'd like to sponsor us, you can contact us at hello at newbirthclub.com. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> Let's just get on with the poddy. Let's just do it. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Right, this week we're going to be talking about planned and unplanned caesarean births, belly births, abdominal births, tummy births, however you like to call them. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Nice. We feel like we want to bring a very balanced view when it comes to birth. And we've been talking about vaginal birth Mm -hmm. in the past episodes. Mm -hmm. So it would only be fair to come and give you guys our wealth of knowledge when it comes to abdominal births. Yeah. Um, Caesarean births are making up a huge proportion of 
all the births that are happening. In fact, I saw statistics released last night. I can't remember which trust. But last month, 166 spontaneous births, spontaneous vaginal births, and 166 cesarean births. So exactly 50 to 50. And actually, I would say on the whole now, 50-50, that's pretty good. That's what I thought. That's how sad it's getting. I thought, oh, that's actually at least equal with the amount but of vaginal births. But my worry here is, is but it's not going to be 50-50, is it? Like, but because you're still going to have a proportion of assisted births in there. So that means the vaginal births were the minority yeah. within that trust. Yeah. So you're going to have 166 cesarean births, and then you're going to have some assisted births on top of that, and then you're going to have 166 vaginal births, yeah. making them the minority of births within that trust. I think what's worth... Uh, maybe kicking this off with is the world health organization used to put a uh proportion of cesarean birth yeah. in place where the hospital or trust should not exceed that number or the the aim isn't it it's like i think 15 percent, 12 15 percent. i can't remember what of, it all, is. of all their birth of all the birth should not be more more than that amount but unfortunately that is not the case and well they removed it now but was it the world health organization that removed it or was it the nhs that started saying we are not gonna we're not gonna use that anymore the difficulty is i think in terms of like why there was a why there was a figure to start with right so the world health organization recognized that a cesarean birth a birth a baby who is born abdominally is going to miss out on certain benefits of a physiological or vaginal birth um there are certain biological long-term and short-term health benefits of being born physiologically vaginally in addition to that cesarean or abdominal birth is major abdominal surgery yeah so there are huge risks to both mum and baby by performing them. Yeah. And essentially, the reason that cesarean births were introduced in the first place was birth generally is a very safe physiological process and, and experience. Yeah. We now have such amazing developed medical technology, medical practice, so that in the event where it does become unsafe or very risky to be to birth vaginally or physiologically, we now have the ability to be able to save lives here yes. by performing these cesareans. But that is what they should be reserved for, yes. is those really, you know, special circumstance cases. Yeah. And that's why this figure was, was put in place. Absolutely. The difficulty, I suppose, on the other side is that we now have people who will have phobias and fears of giving birth vaginally. Yes. We now have people, for whatever independent reason that is right for them, would choose to birth abdominally rather than vaginally. Yeah. That will obviously bring the statistics up. In addition, you know, we are just relying on cesarean, that thing that should just be used in the small circumstances but are now being used way more widely yes and the difficulty with that is that if a certain trust is getting to the limit of their allocated cesarean birth statistics they might be suggesting or advising routes that 
are going to be less safe simply because of their statistics. Yeah. Their practice shouldn't be confined in that way. Yeah. Is what they would say. And I and that's exactly what the discussion was, isn't it? Like why are we limiting our care to to like targets? Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't have targets to, to meet or abide by because we need to be able to make calls on individual circumstances. Mm-hmm. Which I hear them and I agree. Yeah. But like what happens and we know this because we are in the birth room really frequently. We support people planning their birth. Um and this isn't this isn't just for cesarean births, this is for vaginal births as well. Like the the care that people are receiving during their pregnancy, it's not currently the best. Mm. And I I I think this is fair to say, and like I was hesitating a bit because I'm like, I don't like to say that everyone is receiving shit care because that's mm. not true. Mm. Um, but the reality of it is that the maternities, the maternity services are underfunded, they're understaffed, and people are not having enough time during their appointments to get the care that they deserve. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, a lot of births are then going down a route where that person doesn't want to go. Like mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't plan to go that way. I know people that wanted planned cesarean, yeah, and they were told that they could not have a planned cesarean, yeah, and then they were forced down a route to go for an induction, and then they ended up with an emergency cesarean. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, you could have avoided so much trauma if you had heard that person and there was those wishes to start with, yeah. that person could have had a really positive experience with their birth, a really calm experience with their birth, yeah. which would have impacted their start to motherhood in a completely different way. Yeah. And they would have not had long-lasting trauma symptoms to carry on with them three years later. Yeah. Like, it is unfair that people are being pushed in ways that they don't want to go. Yeah. Either way, whether yeah. there is a cesarean birth or a vaginal birth. It's, yeah, it is, it's, it's really, really hard. Having said that, we know that cesarean births can be super positive. Really they can positive. Be really positive. And there are a number of things that we're going to discuss today. Things that you can consider about your overall birth preferences in the event that you're choosing a planned cesarean or in the event that your birth could end up in an unplanned cesarean you can start thinking about compiling a set of preferences specifically for that circumstance that's going to make your experience as positive as possible. Because cesarean birth is still birth. Yes. And I I think standard, some trusts, standard practices and protocols with cesarean birth really differentiate between a birth and a procedure. Yes. And that's not how it should be. This person, this is still the birthday of their baby. This is still going to be a huge day that they remember for the rest of their lives. How can we make that as special as possible and as positive as possible for that person? And like people often assume from us, because we are doulas, that we are against interventions and against cesarean births. That is not true. Seven years ago, I opted to have a cesarean and I planned for a cesarean. I didn't have it. I didn't get to have my plan plan. <laughs> but a story for another episode. But there is zero judgment from us. Mm-hmm. Like cesareans are a valid option. They are a beautiful way to have your baby. 
and you can make your own. It doesn't have to be someone else's birth space. It's still your birth space and you get to make the calls when it comes to planning your birth. For shares. Shall we talk about some of the reasons why cesareans could be offered or why they might be suggested yeah. from the perspective of like in advance it's planned in advance, first yeah. of all. Um so there are a number of sort of circumstances where a cesarean birth could be or would be suggested as opposed to a vaginal birth. And that's because of medical necessity. Yes. So one of those would be um, placenta previa. Yes. Where the placenta is partially or wholly covering the cervical outlet, like the hole that your baby would come out for. Unfortunately, we haven't found a way, even with all the amazing technology that we have, to get your baby to just transform (laughs) through an organ. (laughs) That'd be nice, isn't it? So in those cases we simply, you know, aren't going to be able to get your baby out. There is no way out. There, there is, is no, no way, way out. So in those cases, it it will be a cesarean birth. It's the safest way for It's the safest way for your baby to be born. And I think that can be disappointing for some people, especially yeah. if they have planned vaginal birth. Because, you know, your placenta's position is kind of, it's one of those things you've got no control over. And it can feel like, oh, like this is not what I wanted. Yeah. And life is just throwing you a curveball. Yeah. And it's bullshit. And I'm really sorry if that's you. Um, another reason would be a transverse baby. Mm-hmm. So a baby that is lying across your tummy mm-hmm. instead of being either head down or bum down. So essentially a baby that is lying across your tummy, they they can't come out that mm-hmm. way. Um, and if they don't move to either head down or bum down or feet down mm-hmm. or whatever that is, um, there is no way for them to come out. And there is a um, a higher risk of cord prolapse, yeah. which is essentially the baby compressing the cord as the contractions send the baby down in yeah. that transverse way. Uh, or if your water's breaking, all of that. So you would be encouraged and advised to have a plant cesarean yeah. that way. Sometimes also if your baby maybe has spent a bit of your pregnancy transverse, maybe has spent a bit of it breach, maybe has spent a bit of it head down, there's what we'd call an unstable lie. Yeah. And if that isn't kind of concluded, so we feel like, okay, yeah. baby's chosen a position now and they seem to be staying in that position, um, you you could be co- you could be said to be having a baby in an unstable lie. Yeah. Occasionally where baby does keep flipping your caregivers may suggest a cesarean is going to be the safest option for you because this baby has got a mind of their own. We don't know what we're getting into at the point of birth. Sometimes it is suggested. Yeah, they would also suggest that you get admitted into hospital hospital from 37 weeks yeah. just to, in the very unlikely events that your waters break and your baby is in a, in a very suboptimal position that would be transverse. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, this is all a choice, all a choice. Um, the the other thing that may be suggested to you, the other time that you may be um encouraged to have a cesarean is if you develop preeclampsia through yeah, pregnancy. I was going to say if you had a medical circumstance that was kind of caused by pregnancy. Yeah. And the only way to conclude that is to end your pregnancy. Yeah. It may be that. It's simply a case of not being able to wait 
for your baby to, yeah. to signal that they're ready and for you to go into labour. This is causing, it's having major health implications on you. We need to get this baby out. It's likely that a cesarean is going to be offered. Yeah. Um. They do try to, depending on like what your results are in terms of like your blood tests and all of that, they are likely to offer induction of labour first. Mm. Um. What doesn't really make sense in my head is that some of the guidelines will say that if you are diagnosed to have preeclampsia, they recommend for you to have your baby within 24 hours. Mm. An induction of labour can take five days to kind of mm. sort of like even work. So I'm like, is it so? Is it an emergency then? Like, mm. do I have to have my baby? Because if it is an emergency and if preeclampsia, if preeclampsia is life threatening, why am I being encouraged to go through a procedure that can take days? Yeah. Also, we need to think about if there is a medical reason why a cesarean birth would be suggested. So this is this is a condition that has developed during pregnancy that is having major health uh, implications on you, so much so that we need to prematurely end your pregnancy. What is the demand of labour that has been induced going to put on my body when yeah. it's already poorly? Absolutely. So these are the things that need to be thought about. Another um, reason uh, a caesarean might be gone for in a, in a planned circumstance is that you've simply requested it. Yeah. People, I don't think, know that they can request a cesarean birth. Or they feel guilty about doing it. Or they feel guilty it. about doing it. And I think it's really important to state that having a cesarean simply because you wanted a cesarean is a valid yes. reason, as long as it's coming from a place of informed knowledge. So. Yes. You are making the decision to go through major abdominal surgery and you are prepared to accept the risks to you and your baby of going through that process because that is still the better option for you and your specific circumstances. We have supported people who have opted for a cesarean because they have got a severe fear or phobia of childbirth, uh, vaginal birth. Uh, we've also supported people who have opted to go through a cesarean because a, of a traumatic birth experience with their first. Yes. And all of that, that kind of uncontrollables, the things that are kind of going to have to wait and see, yeah. were just, that was too much of a trigger for anxiety. They they decided to opt for a cesarean. Yeah. You're, that, the only person who can make that decision is you. Whether or not your trust decides to support your decision is another matter. So the best thing for you to do would be to raise it with your midwife. Uh, Sometimes they can refer you to extra support through the perinatal mental health team, which can be an excellent resource. Often it will be a case of having a conversation with a consultant. That consultant may decide, I am not prepared to perform a cesarean because I don't feel like it's it's the medically the right choice to have. Yeah. You then have the option of seeking a second opinion. Yes. And it's just worth mentioning that and noting that. Yeah. We're not advocating that people should be just willy-nilly requesting cesareans. We're advocating that your birth experience should be as positive as possible for each individual. Um, another time that you might be offered a cesarean and again, it's up to you whether you accept or not, is if you've had a previous cesarean birth, planned or unplanned, mm-hmm. so if you are pregnant again and you've had a previous cesarean birth, 
you may be told that you've got two options. You mm-hmm. can have a plant cesarean or you can have a VBAC. Mm-hmm. Um, there are risks of having repeat major abdominal mm-hmm. surgery and you should always be told what those risks are. Um, the benefits will pretty much always be the same depending on your clinical background and one of the benefits of having a plant cesarean is the element of control mm-hmm. which sometimes very much like you were saying Ellie, people that maybe have anxiety or people that crave that or lost that sense of control in their first birth for whatever reason they may be craving that and that is what their healing birth looks like if you wanted to find out more about VBACs, you should definitely check out episode three, where we talked about VBACs and HBACs in and, way more detail. And Lucy's HBAC birth story. Ah, so yeah. Lucy's home birth after cesarean birth story, which is 100%. also very empowering. Oh, yeah. Part two of that episode, we cover her HBAC, and yeah. it is well worth a listen. You really, really? Yes. Um, but I guess kind of like what people don't really know about cesarean births is just how much power they hold yeah. over their options mm-hmm. and just how many options they have mm-hmm. to control during their birth. Because I think one thing is that cesarean births, um, I think some people feel a little bit like, oh, you know, obviously one of the risks that we're talking about with cesarean births is that it's going to be planned probably around 39 maybe 40 weeks maybe even 38 weeks maybe even earlier if it depends on your circumstances but if you're having a planned cesarean it's likely to be scheduled before your estimated due date yeah um people i think commonly speak to us about the worry that that would be birthing they'd be birthing their babies earlier than you know maybe they were ready they like the idea of allowing their baby to signal that they're ready yeah so one option is yes. intrapartum cesarean. Yes. Um, it's not very common that people will opt for this. Because they don't, don't know. Think. They don't know. They are not told. And it's not very common in the UK at all for people to have intrapartum cesareans. Unless they are considered to be emergencies. Yeah. Um, but then it wouldn't be a planned... We're talking about, like, a planned... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So an intrapartum cesarean, for anybody who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, um, would be basically where you wait. You allow your body to go into labour, and at that stage, you take yourself to the hospital, explain that you're in labour, and say, I am having a planned cesarean. Yeah. And you'll still go through your cesarean birth. Yeah. But you're, you will be in the early stages of labour because you wanted to give your baby the opportunity to signal that they were ready for yeah. life on the outside world. Um, it's, it's worth talking about that there are some associated risks that would be uh, above a planned caesarean. So yeah. an intrapartum caesarean. And this is the same with unplanned caesareans. If you're already in labour and you are... Um, having a cesarean the it makes the procedure slightly more risky in that your uterus is contracting yeah so it's not like as straightforward as a non-contracting uterus to make incisions to be able to navigate that however the risk needs to be spoken or the chance needs to be spoken to with your caregivers 
And we also need to think about the fact that we have highly medical trained professionals yeah. who actually the most performed surgery in the world is cesarean birth. Yeah. Very experienced at this now. Another reason that you may be encouraged to have a cesarean is if your baby are estimated to be large for gestational age, so a big oh. baby. So any baby that is estimated to be mm. over four and a half kilograms, five kilograms, you may be told that one of your options is to have a plant cesarean. Yeah. Um, because you know your vagina is so small. That's a not supported that is by not guidelines. supported by guidelines but it does happen it does happen yeah it does yeah. happen sorry it's worth i just wanted to say that oh also twins oh breach oh my god breach yeah breach, breach baby twins uh the thing about breach babies that's quite interesting that i don't think a lot of people know is that breach births used to be very normal vaginal breach births used to be considered very very normal um, most babies tend to get into the head down position, but if they don't, and there's a yeah. bum or a foot or a knee first, they would still, the, the primary method of birthing those babies would still be vagina. Yes. Yeah. We would have dedicated, in each trust, we would have dedicated breach teams who had experience of supporting those births. And it was considered a variation of normal, yeah. but still, you know, relatively safe. And in comparison with the risks of having major abdominal surgery, it was still the preferred option. Yes. What happened was there was a, a piece, one piece of research which came out, I think it was 2000, I think it was in 2000, um, which basically said, we have decided with our this piece of research that we've done that the it actually improves maternal and neonatal outcomes if a baby is breached, to birth them or deliver them by way of cesarean. That's what that piece of research concluded. Now, there wasn't a lot of like, oh, is that, let's just like examine this a little bit more. Should we do another let's piece of... Let's look at the quality of, of yeah, this evidence. Yeah, let's have a look at the quality of the, uh, this evidence. Let's look at how we've drawn that conclusion from the study. Should we be doing another study to back this up or are we just taking this one word for it? No, we we took that one word for it, and that was that was it. Like overnight, our whole practice changed. So no longer were people with breech babies uh, having vaginal births; they were just immediately told that they needed to have a cesarean birth. Over the next ten years, that practice continued. You've got a breech baby, right? You're going for a cesarean. There's no other option. And over the course of that ten years, what happened was our breech teams massively reduced because nobody was getting the experience of supporting vaginal breech births midwives were no longer really involved in breech births because it was always performed by an obstetrician or a consultant in theater with a cesarean birth so we lost our experience of supporting those births 10 years later another piece of research came out which basically <laughs> cast a huge well it basically overruled the previous yeah. study this should never have been decided that this was, this should never have been concluded. There's no evidence, actually, when you look at that study, the one that concluded that it was safer for the, these babies to be born by way of cesarean. We, we don't agree, we didn't agree with that at the time. We don't agree with it now. This is the research that says otherwise. Yes. However, it's not like we can now just suddenly go, oh, okay, so we'll just go back to vaginal breech births because we've lost our 
experience within maternity services, within midwifery practice, within, you know, the healthcare service. They, they forget lost the experience. experience. They lost experience and confidence. And confidence. And trust. People. Yeah. And trust in the birth process and trust in the baby being able yeah. to choose their position. There was so much that was lost and very little that we can regain in such a short space of time. Um, there are some very skilled practitioners out there that are trying to change that. They're trying to train up healthcare professionals. Yes. Um, but it's really hard to change the culture within yeah. the system. So it is an ongoing process. If you are planning a vaginal bridge birth, just make inquiries yeah. with uh your trust outside of your trust and try and find skilled professionals that will be able to assist you with this yeah if your caregivers are telling you that they're not confident in in, in supporting you trust them yeah trust them that they are, they not, are confident not confident and they're yeah. not the right people to support you yeah definitely definitely um twins multiples triplets yeah. you know whatever quadruplets <laughs> What's the one after Oct- that? Oh, the Octomum. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember seeing the Octomum in... What's that, the- eight? Eight. Oh, my Jesus. Yeah, can you imagine? I think, it obviously, it must have been IVF. But, like, why chuck so many embryos in there? Well, yeah. Um, or she was... I can't remember what it was. But, yeah, Octomum. Multiples, basically. Um, again, you know, uh, multiples but being birthed vaginally used to be fairly common practice. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, we have lost touch with that, and generally, cesareans are offered for yeah. multiples. Yeah. Um, there are, again, a number of healthcare professionals who are trained specifically with this who would be able to support you, but really understanding your trust's attitude towards multiples birth and their general practice and their trust, and also understanding okay do you do you ever support people you know wanting to birth their twins or multiples vaginally and what's your success rate with that yeah really important really important really important and again don't yeah you don't have to write off a vaginal birth just because you're pregnant with twins or multiples Mm -hmm. um but we're just talking about vaginal birth again aren't we yeah (laughs) (laughs) you just come back to it Okay. okay. So, should we talk about like planning a cesarean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about planning a cesarean and what that can look like. With us and the way that we approach birth preparation with our clients is that we explore every single avenue and a potential. Um, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> essentially, birth can be wonderfully. Sorry, are you all right? <laughs> birth can be wonderfully unpredictable you know we we just don't know what's going to come up perhaps you have been preparing for your vaginal birth everything's been going swimmingly and then up we've got a placenta in the way or you know something birth can be wonderfully unpredictable so in order to essentially try to equip people with the most control possible We talk to you about preparing for all kind of eventualities, all possible eventualities that could crop up during your pregnancy or during birth itself that would allow you to be able to make decisions to help you change from a previous plan uh, or set of preferences to another. And that way, because you've thought about it in advance, you are able to 
maintain as much control as possible, maintain as much of the things that will make your birth experience as positive as possible. Oh yeah. And planning your cesarean birth very much looks like planning a vaginal birth. Yeah. It requires learning about, about the, um, the procedure and about what process. happens during the procedure and process. And it requires you asking your caregivers about the policies, the guidelines, um, you asking to meet the team, all of that stuff. And the way that you would put that into writing is very much like you would a birth plan for a vagina birth. Mm. So what we recommend is that people make their birth plans in separate uh, pieces of paper. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. I like to, I mean, some people won't. Some people will just do it like in the case of an induction, in the case of a cesarean, in the case. Um, and that's fine. You you must do what's right for you. The reason that I like to do it is that even from a mindset perspective, you've got a separate sheet. You're giving that space to each individual circumstance. And I think looking, you know, if, if your plan is a spontaneous vaginal birth, for example, you are looking at your set of preferences for you, for that environment. You're not, it, that's not being clouded by any like, oh, what ifs, you know, you're literally just planning for that and you're giving that the space it deserves. Then with your cesarean plan, you're doing exactly the same. Yeah. Almost like if this was to happen and you had to ch change plans, you can kind of put away that first your plan a and pick up your plan b and it almost gives you that tangible like changing of lanes here you know like let's have some time to grieve the experience that wasn't to be yeah let's put that away and let's focus and move forward here with making this experience as positive as possible yes absolutely so Things to consider it would be who can be with me during my cesarean birth. Mm -hmm. And anyone yeah. can be with you during a cesarean birth. What the majority of trusts in the UK say is that you are allowed one birth partner in theatre with you. Mm -hmm. um, we do know that that's not necessarily true. There are some trusts that are more open to allowing a second birth partner in with you. So if you have been working with a doula, for example, um, and you want them present, uh, you know, some trusts will be open to allowing and facilitating that. Yeah. Um, going back to Lucy's episode again, actually. Oh, yeah. In part two, she talks about how she was preparing for a repeat cesarean in the eventuality that that came out. And she spoke to the obstetrician about wanting her doula, you, there, in that event. And his response was just how how all... I mean, it is it was amazing, but it shouldn't be amazing. It should be what is standard. Yeah. Which was basically like, right, my job is to provide you with the medical information. And that is that the more people we invite into theatre, the less sterile it becomes. Therefore, the higher the risk to you and to your baby of infection. Yeah. If you are prepared to accept that risk, I don't see any reason why we can't facilitate that. And But also, like what we have, to, so sometimes in theatre, you may be asked if you would consent for students being there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and people can say yes yeah. or no to that. So by saying no to that and saying, I don't want any students, but I would like my doula in with yeah. you. I would like my mother in with me as well. Um, or whoever it is, 
are you actually increasing your chances of getting an infection? Because there's no more or less people than you would have been had you had like a, a student in there. So, you know, yeah. you're not. But yeah, um, all of these things though, if you are planning on having more than one person in theatre with you, we would highly recommend that these things, you discuss them with your, with your caregiver during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. you get them to write down somewhere on your notes or like a beautiful love letter to you mm-hmm. signed by them mm-hmm. saying that you have spoken about this yeah. and this has been authorised. Yeah. Because in the event of like an unplanned cesarean, things can happen quite quickly yes. and things can change and your caregivers aren't going to be thinking about, oh, what would they like to happen here? It's more about let's make sure that mum and baby are safe, let's get this baby out now. So if you have had it agreed in advance, it just makes that process of actually facilitating those yeah. things happen easy, more easily. Yeah, and you've also spoken to the person who tends to be the decision maker, the yeah. one that can make decisions outside of the trust policies and guidelines, whereas when you are giving birth, that person might not be available to you at that moment in time yeah and then it makes it way harder for people who are bound to guidelines and and policies to go oh i'm not comfortable making that decision because it's not how we do things around here yeah so having those discussions beforehand removes a lot of pressure and stress from you mm-hmm. should your birth go Definitely. down that route yeah for sure um, a lot of people, like the term gentle cesarean is used quite frequently nowadays. Yeah. Um, I think the reality of it is, once again, we can't, we can't be the gatekeepers of what a gentle cesarean is. Yeah. Or what that looks like. For several reasons. One is that a gentle cesarean for some obstetricians will look very differently mm-hmm. to what you would consider a gentle cesarean to be. Mm-hmm. So... Like, just having music playing in theatre, it doesn't mean that it's a gentle cesarean. I mean, it could well mean that for you, for some obstetricians, they're like, yeah, we can play music, like, we can do a gentle Mm -hmm. cesarean, and you're just like, "Mm." a bit more than that. Mm. Um, So there are several things that you've got control over. So, for example, you will have a cannula put in place when you're going to theatre, because you are having surgery, you will be receiving intravenous fluids and medication. So... What happens is that you can choose what hand yeah. that goes in. Or even your arm, you know, like people, I've had, an, I've had a cannula in and where it is, you know, on the, uh, on the top of your hand, yeah. I found that like a bit like, ooh, when mm-hmm. I move my hand and stuff. So people do actually prefer it sometimes being in their arm. Yeah. That's something you can, you can always ask this question. Yeah. Why can't that be, be done? Yeah. Yeah, and it and it can. And again, it's just having if you don't ask, no one's gonna go out of the way to offer you something that is isn't the standard procedure that they're used to do. Yeah. Um, it's just not gonna happen. Don't expect people to come and offer you these things because you're gonna have to ask for them. Yeah. Um, you will also be monitored during um during your abdominal birth. So they will monitor your heart rate. Mm-hmm. So they will have the um, ECG dots mm-hmm. placed on your chest. So you can have them to be placed on your back or higher up so mm-hmm. that you don't have wires around when your baby comes onto you. Yeah, if you wanted immediate skin to skin, which is absolutely something that can still happen yeah. in theatre, in a cesarean birth, 
and you don't want like all the wires and the ECG dots getting in the way, you can ask for them to be placed on your back. Yeah. Um. Similarly, you may ask for your gown to be put on back to front. Yeah. So that you've got easy access to skin to skin with your baby. But sometimes now they're still putting it on front ways, but they're just like completely leaving it undone at the back so that it can easily be like brought down. And that way your kind of modesty is covered, but it still gives you easy access to your your chest. Yes. Or leaving like one arm out as well. Yeah. And then they can place the baby between you and your gown and then cover the baby with a gown. So like your baby isn't wrapped up, the baby is still having skin to skin with you. Yeah. Um, so that's something that is completely fine. Uh, dim lights. And like that's something that people don't realise that they can ask for. And I totally understand why. Because yes, yeah, see is surgery. Yeah. So of course you want them to be able to see. Yeah. Um, but you can absolutely have dim lights during a cesarean birth. We've had many clients that have requested this and they're like, yeah, that's totally yeah. fine. You can either have dimmed lights and the person who's performing surgery may wear a head torch if yeah. they feel comfortable with that. Sometimes they say, look, we can dim the lights until it's time to make the incision and then we're yeah. going to put the lights back up. And then as soon as, you know, we've finished stitching you up, we can dim the lights again. Yes. Um, it, yeah, it absolutely can be done. I think environmentally, like we're talking about dim lights. Think about your environment. Obviously, a theatre environment is going to be different from almost any other environment yeah. because it is a very different environment yeah you know we are now in a very medical clinical setting so how would what what's going to help you that there is things that you can do so you could take pictures in with you on your yeah. phone like you, you're allowed your phones in theatre to be able to take pictures of when yeah. your baby's born but you could take pictures in with you if that's something that you would want to focus on yeah you could wear an eye mask if you don't want to see. Yes. You could have headphones on playing the music to you directly if you want to kind of separate yourself from being in that environment. But yeah. I think also within that environmental, like, things to consider is you're going to have far more people with you than probably in any other, but like if you were having a vaginal birth in that setting... Because you're going to have an anaesthetist, you're going to have the consultant who's doing the um, the cesarean, you're going to be having uh, theatre staff. Yeah. You've got like a, a number of extra people in there. Asking them to respect your birth space in whichever way you would like that to happen is going to be important yeah. if you want it to be kind of like you know everybody's going to be different in this sense if you want it to be completely quiet and nobody to talk that's something that they can do yeah at you know within reason if it's something that you would actually like to be spoken through the yeah. procedure like there's you can nominate somebody to be able to do that for you if you want it to be like actually just carry on as you were like I'd like as much conversation going on as possible it's fine you yeah. know ask for this yes and it can be observed really easily yeah 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 you really can um you so normally a blue screen or a screen of some sorts is placed kind of sort of like between the top of your bump and basically your business end oh yeah yeah um and you can request for that to be removed completely or for that to be lowered Mm -hmm. as your baby's emerging so that you can see your baby being born Mm -hmm. as well um, you wouldn't necessarily see anything that is happening there. You wouldn't see the incision. You wouldn't see kind of sort of like any blood, if that makes you feel a bit crazy. You might just see your baby being born 
with some blood on them. On that point, actually, though, a really excellent tip that was passed to me by a client years ago now was um, there's a big, like, circular light, usually, that's, like, positioned on the ceiling right above you. And because it's a big light, it's mirrored inside to be able to create more light. And because it is mirrored, sometimes looking up at that, and obviously because you're laying on your back, that is going to be your focal point visually, you can actually see the reflection of what's going on underneath. So just just be aware, just be of, aware that. of that. Just be aware of that. Um, you can request for you to be the one to lift your baby out of your tummy. Yeah. So they're called uh, maternal assisted cesareans. Yeah. And you can absolutely do that. Are we saying that your obstetrician is going to be 100% comfortable with that? No. It's very unlikely that, at least in the area where we are, mm-hmm. their obstetricians are comfortable with that. But we do know that they are done. So we it wasn't our client. It was uh, one of our doula, doula colleagues. Uh, her client was having a cesarean. And during the cesarean, the obstetrician said, would you like to lift your baby out? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, no, thank you. And then he said to the midwife, would you like to lift the baby out? Oh, and wow. then it was like a midwife assisted cesarean, which, again, doesn't tend to happen that often. Mm-hmm. But you can absolutely do that. Um, can you have... A... Yeah. Sorry, just on that, I said, oh, wow, as if that was amazing. But, but not actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> Did anyone ask what she wanted? Yeah, but, like, I think she was happy with it. Okay, cool. Um, well, f- f- from what I remember of the story. As long as she was happy It was still as a positive yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I completely agree I mean, it's just unu- it's very unusual. Very unusual. Yeah. It's very unusual. Um, one of the worries that people have when it comes to cesarean births is about the uh, blood transfer between the placenta and the baby, so whether they will be able to have optimal cord clamping. Which is different from delayed cord clamping. Oh my god, yes, it's exactly where I'm getting yeah. to. Like, so delayed cord clamping, for the majority of trusts in the UK, is around 60 seconds, so a minute. So that is considered delayed cord clamping. Mm-hmm. That is in no way, shape, or form the same as optimal cord cord clamping, which is when we wait for the cord to go white and for all the the blood to be transferred from the placenta onto the baby. And that's going to take differing times for each individual. So for some, it could be three minutes. For some, it could be less. For some, it could be way, way more. Make sure, because exactly like you just said, Louisa, it is very different from delayed cord clamping, which is offered as standard in any birth environment. If you yeah. don't uh, if you don't specify any wishes about cord clamping, you will be given delayed cord clamping. Yeah. In a cesarean birth, delayed cord clamping is very much the norm. And sometimes when we've supported clients having those conversations with caregivers and they say, I would like optimal cord clamping, the consultant will say, yeah, 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 that's fine. We will obviously wait. Well, that's this is no, she's talking about optimal cord clamping, and then that is a discussion about how long do you feel comfortable, consultant, allowing just in case it gets to that, yeah, and just being aware of where each other's boundaries are so that you've got a clear expectation of what you can be supported with, yes. Um, ultimately, the decision is always yours, but we have slightly less control especially in a cesarean environment over if there is a consultant who's performing this birth what what are they willing to do what are they willing to support and having that conversation you know don't just be fobbed up with the yeah 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 yeah, we're happy to do that 
Like, no, Write okay, it down. I, I, yeah, I want to know, like, if it takes 10 minutes, you're going to give me 10 minutes. Yeah. Or I will allow five minutes. You know, I want to know yeah. where we are because otherwise I might want to speak to somebody else yeah. about being in my birth space with me. And a cesarean birth is major abdominal surgery. So you will have an open tummy mm-hmm. as you're waiting. So there are variables there that may change your plans as you're going through it. So if you are bleeding more than expected, you may be encouraged that they finalise the surgery as soon as possible so that they can contain the bleeding, which Mm -hmm. is obviously, yeah, no one's saying like, yeah, take that over my life. No one is saying that. Mm -hmm. No one is Mm -hmm. saying that. But yeah, I do think it's very, really important to have that conversation and know what your consultant is comfortable with. Yeah. Um, I personally had a client that had eight minutes, um, like delay in the cord clamping. Yeah. And um, in cesarean. Yeah, yeah. And that was absolutely fine. Her consultant was happy with yeah, that, right. and the surgery was like as low risk as a as a surgery can be. Right. So it's definitely doable. You can also have a lotus birth. Uh-huh. You can request for the cord to not be cut, uh-huh. for them to, they will give you um, artificial oxytocin for the placenta to be born. The placenta will be born via cesarean as well. You don't have to birth the placenta vaginally, because uh-huh. most likely your cervix will be closed if it's a planned cesarean. Um, but the baby can be brought to you with the placenta still attached to the baby. Uh-huh. Are there any benefits to this? Not really, because as soon as the placenta is out, there's not much that can happen there. But I think there's a very symbolical, is that word, symbolical thing that can happen in terms of like bringing your baby to you with a placenta and only cutting that cord once you are ready to do so. I think there are schools of thought who would say there is more benefits to latest birth over optimal cord clamping, for example. We just don't have enough research or evidence to back that up. But emotionally, the benefits could outweigh any physiological benefits anyway. Yeah, I think so. If that's something that you want, it can absolutely, you know, ask for it. It's certainly not going to be offered to you. Ask for it, definitely. Yeah, I can definitely, I definitely think so. Um, One of the things that tends to happen as standard during cesarean births is that there will be a pediatrician in the room, in theatre with you, and um, it might be their preference to do all of the baby checks and weights and and weights and all of that in theatre. Yeah. That does not need to happen. The baby can come to you and if your baby is doing well and the baby doesn't need any medical assistance, there is absolutely zero need for your baby to be weighed, for your baby to be measured, for your baby to like have vitamin K if you're choosing to do that. There's zero, zero necessity for that to happen in theatre. Definitely. And I think, um, you know, uh, sometimes a paediatrician won't be in the surgery because they're not expecting any issues with the with the baby. But most of the time they will be there just in case. Yeah. If everything is okay after birth with your baby, because obviously your paediatrician is there to look after your baby. So if they were in any... Um, you know, medical difficulty post-birth, you've got a paediatrician there. Excellent. If they're not needed and you don't want the checks to happen immediately, they can leave. Yeah. And they, they, and they do that do. quite often. Yeah. Like, oh, the baby's born, baby's well. Okay, I'm going to go call me if anything yeah, changes. Kind exactly. Of thing. Sometimes the paediatrician won't stay to do those checks, even if you're happy for them to be done straight away, because anybody, you know, a midwife can do that. There's no reason for a paediatrician to do that. But if you want to be able to, you know, be past your baby, the skin to skin, I think, is something to to talk about with a cesarean because 
whilst your baby is still attached to your placenta, which is still within uterus, so after they've immediately been born, they might be not be able logistically to be handed straight to you to be placed on your chest. We might need to wait until the cord has been clamped to do that. They can still have skin to skin with you on your thigh, on your inner thigh. They can yeah. be placed on your leg to have that immediate skin to skin. The benefits of the microbiome transfer there is still going to be huge. Yes. Um, and then as soon as your cord has been clamped or as soon as, you know, the placenta has been born and they, they can both come up together, you can have skin to skin yes, in theatre. you can. And it's going to be hugely beneficial to you and to your baby to delay weight any newborn checks, weight gain, all of that kind of st- uh, weight take it, me- blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all of that, stuff. all of that stuff. It is going to be a benefit to wait for that yep. to happen. And um, sometimes you don't feel a hundred percent confident holding your baby. You know, you are a little bit more restricted. Yeah, in the position that you're in partners whoever you've got in theatre with you can absolutely help you with that to have that a bit of skin to skin and then your partner can have skin to skin with your baby if you'd prefer that to yes. happen as well yeah all options all available. options you also have the option of choosing what kind of uh, pain relief you're going to have during surgery and that is not really spoken about so the preference is to um, put a spinal block in place mm-hmm. um, if you don't know what spinal block is just Go back and listen to our pain relief, comfort measures, um, episodes, and you'll learn more about that. But you do have the option uh, to have general anaesthetic, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're not encouraging people to go down that route because there are benefits of watching your baby being born and having that connection from the word go, but it's something that you can choose to do. Um, and there is also something called remifentanil, mm. um, which is an option. A lot of the time is given to people who have had back injuries and a spinal block isn't a suitable um, option and they don't want a general anaesthetic. Mm-hmm. So that is also available to you during a caesarean or assisted. Uh, For sure. Um, I just really want to touch on unplanned caesareans yeah. and um, the different types because unplanned caesareans are often referred to mistakenly as emergency caesareans. Yes. There are plenty of reasons or circumstances that can pop up during your spontaneous vaginal birth or your vaginal birth um, or your labour um, that would then, you know, we're going to be suggesting a caesarean at this stage. Um, in that instance, it goes to an unplanned caesarean. In a very tiny proportion of all caesareans, it is a, a medical emergent situation. We need to get this baby out now, as in within and under 30 minutes, yeah. to be able to save you or your baby's life. Yes. These are very, very, very unique and special circumstances. They do not happen anywhere near as uh, commonly as we're led to believe yes that is an emergency cesarean also known as a crash cesarean or a category one cesarean yeah sometimes in those instances especially if you don't have an epidural or a spinal block already in place or appropriate um pain uh pain relief no 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 uh analgesic in place yeah um it it will be we, we need to put General anaesthetic. general anaesthetic because it needs to happen it quick. needs to happen now yeah yes, absolutely yeah 
We kind of use this episode to talk about caesareans in general, to talk about how you can prepare for a planned or unplanned caesarean and some of the things that can make your experience as positive as possible. Yeah. This is by no means an exhaustive list and it, this is by no means an exhaustive, like, all information that you could possibly want to no. know about caesareans. Just as part of any birth prep, we would really strongly suggest that you do your own research you become informed as to the process as to your options and make decisions that are right for you boss bitch bin everybody gather in it's time to point out bullshit that we think to be a sin so pride goes with his parents everybody needs a win while we throw some stupid shit in the boss bitch bin Boss bitch bin time. What have you got to throw in the bin this week, Lily? So I've got a good one and it relates back to the episode. Oh, um, I like it when it's relatable back all. Yeah, me too. It <laughs> just kind of makes thing. it all neat. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, I would like to put in the bin the phrase too posh to push. Too posh to push. Too posh to push. No. Like you're gonna go, um, I'll have a sis- I'll have you know that major abdominal surgery on top of birth? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll have that, please, because I'm far too posh. And, like, this is like a walk in the park, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you're going to go for major abdominal surgery, and this is the easiest thing you'll ever do in your yeah. life. No one considers the recovery. And, like, yeah, it, cesarean births are not the easy way out. Yeah, and people no. need to stop labelling people who had a cesarean like they just went on a, a jolly ride yeah because also for a lot of people that wouldn't have been a their first choice right yeah a lot of people wouldn't have chosen to have a cesarean for the people who have chosen to have a cesarean yeah your choice is valid and so being like labeled as some kind of diva too posh to yeah. push because that that phrase too posh to push came from um victoria beckham didn't it i didn't know that yeah I think it was the headline that came out after she had Brooklyn. Yeah. She'd had a cesarean and the paper's headlines were too posh to push. I remember her addressing it in the doc. Did you watch the documentary? No, not yet. I do want to because I love the backhands. It was good. But like, imagine that. Imagine having, giving birth to your baby and then the headlines are talking about you being like some sort of like lazy, like diva star who couldn't even be bothered to push your baby out of your vagina. No, I think that phrase needs to get in the bin and yeah. people need to stop labelling other people, people on like whatever they're doing. People need to stop commenting on other people's choices or ways of doing things. Yeah. Like, you stay in your own... Worry yeah. about yourself. Worry about yourself. Yeah, do. <laughs> you do you. I'm going to do me. It's not your business. And it's none of your business. It ain't your business. Not your so business. get in the bin. In the boss bitch bin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Talk Birthy with us. And we really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, we would love to hear from you. Please consider leaving us a rating and review, which can be done wherever you get your podcast from. And if you're super grateful, you can buy us a coffee. The link to our buy us a coffee page is in our show notes and any caffeine is greatly appreciated.
To find out about our Pick and Mix Hypnobirthing workshops and our Pocket Doula and other support services, head over to www.newbirthclub.com. We'll talk to you next week.